0: The Holy Gospel according to John, the sixth chapter. Glory to you. Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd kept following him because they saw the signs that he was uh, doing for the sick. Jesus went up the mountain and sat down there with his disciples. Now, the Passover, the festival of the Jews, was near. When he looked up and saw a large crowd coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Six months' wages would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here, who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they among so many people? Jesus said, make the people sit down. And now there was a great deal of grass in the place. So they sat down about 5,000 in all. Then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish as much as they wanted. When they were satisfied, he told his disciples, gather up the fragments left over so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up. And from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, they filled 12 baskets. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they began to say, this is indeed the prophet, who was to come into the world. When Jesus realized that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. Now it was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were terrified. But he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. Then they wanted to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the land toward which they were going, the gospel of the Lord.
1: one of the ways to explore the meaning of a Bible story is to place yourself in the story, to imagine yourself as one of the characters, giving thought to their experience, wondering what it would be like to walk in their shoes, considering what they see and hear and think and feel. For example, in the parable of the prodigal son, you could place yourself as the prodigal or as the elder brother, or as the father, and in each case you would discover something unique to that particular role in the story. In today's gospel, interestingly, it almost doesn't matter where you place yourself, because Whether you imagine yourself as one of the people in that large crowd that followed Jesus all the way across the Sea of Galilee, hoping to see more signs and displays of his power, or if you imagine yourself as one of the 12 disciples who were exhausted from the demands of ministry and were looking forward to the promised and much-needed time apart for rest, either way... Chances are, your experience will bring you to the same conclusion. Namely, there is no way 5,000 people can be fed with just five loaves of bread and two fish. When Jesus directs the disciples to tell the hungry crowd to be seated in anticipation of a meal, and when he begins to distribute the loaves and the fishes to 5,000 people... Most certainly, a great number of them must have wondered, right along with Andrew, what are five loaves and two fish among so many? And to be sure, (laughs) the people seated in the way back, when they saw what was happening, that is, assuming, of course, that they could see anything at all, when they saw that very small offering of food, and when they took stock of all of the people ahead of them, They must have resigned themselves to going home hungry. It's just like we said in our confession this morning, it's hard to believe that there's enough. To describe the sudden and unexpected need to feed 5,000 people is overwhelming, and to say so is frankly an understatement, paralyzing might actually be a better word, which gets at what the disciples must have felt. Listen again to what Philip said to Jesus. Six months' wages would not buy enough bread for each of these people to get even a little. And yet, one of the miracles in the feeding of the 5,000 is that all 5,000 were not only fed, but they were satisfied. In other words, 5,000 people dined on five loaves and two fish, and they ate well and heartily. The other miracle, a second in the same story, took place after the meal. The Bible tells us that not only were there leftovers, but there were so many leftovers that when collected, they filled 12 baskets. Do you see? There was literally more food than when they began. I mean, after all, you wouldn't need 12 baskets to hold five loaves and two fish, and yet 12 were necessary to contain all of the fragments, all of the leftovers, more than before, more than enough. The feeding of the 5,000 reveals this important truth. When we bring what we have, even though it seems but a drop in the bucket, even though it surely is not enough to meet all the need, we must understand It's not the adequacy of our supplies or our skills that finally makes the difference, but rather it's the power of Jesus at work, transforming little into much and few into many. In just seven weeks, on September 11th, we will mark 20 years since the terrorist attacks I don't know about any national plans scheduled to mark the day, but I do know about this. On September 11th, one business owner will close his shop, and he will give each one of his employees a $100 bill with these instructions, go out, and put it toward a good deed for a stranger. He will do this, just as he has done each and every year since the first anniversary in 2002 as an act of paying it forward, as a way to remember the kindness and compassion shown him when he was one of 7,000 airline passengers who unexpectedly found themselves in the tiny town of Gander, Newfoundland. You might remember the story. When global air traffic ground to a halt and the United States closed its airspace on that day, hundreds of planes from all over the world were forced to reroute and land. 38 commercial planes were diverted to the tiny international airport in Gander. (laughs) The population of Gander back then barely numbered 10,000. And the number of passengers who arrived that day was nearly 7,000. That's 70% of the population. While the plane sat motionless on the tarmac for hours as authorities assessed the security threat, remember, no one knew just how widespread the attack was. The people of Gander came together, to figure out what to do with 7000 people from 90 different countries preparing to deplane knowing that they would need to be fed and transported and housed instead of being overwhelmed or paralyzed all they wanted to do was help so here's a few examples of the many stories well documented in newspaper accounts. I have not embellished these and I did not make them up. This is all true. The bus drivers who were on strike left the picket lines and went back to work. They spent the better part of the next week driving the stranded passengers to schools and community centers and churches and then back again to the airport. Residents of Gander opened their homes, inviting in complete strangers and, in many cases, giving up their own beds in order to provide those unexpected guests a comfortable place to sleep. Food was purchased and prepared and served, and when asked about his role cooking meals over the course of six days and the generosity of the people of Gander, the mayor said, we're just ordinary people doing what we're supposed to do. Understandably, most of the passengers were desperate to call home, to get a hold of loved ones, to check in on them, and to let them know that they were safe. But phones back then weren't equipped with the internet like they are today, and the people of Gander anticipated and met that need as well. They showed up to that small airport with their personal cell phones leaving them scattered on tables. First, there were six. An hour later, there were nine. And by the end of the day, the tables were overflowing with cell phones and laptops and an open invitation to use them freely. Recognizing the need for emotional and spiritual support, they opened the library and they made it a place for peace and quiet and prayer. Jews and Christians and Hindus prayed alongside one another between the stacks of books. The plain people, as they came to be called, spent up to six days in gander before being able to return to their homes. While those who were stranded offered money for the food and the housing and the hospitality, no one would accept it. So, on one flight out, a woman passed around a notebook and asked passengers if they would like to contribute to a scholarship fund for the children of Gander. Before they landed, they had raised $15,000. As of 2016, that fund had grown to $2 million, and 228 high school graduates had already benefited from the scholarship. There's so much more, and so many more stories to tell, but get this. What happened in Gander is so remarkable and so beautiful and so powerful that it inspired a musical called Come From Away. It was playing on Broadway just before the pandemic. The parallels between the feeding of the 5,000 and the, shall we say, feeding and housing of the 7,000 are obvious. But it's worth mentioning again, When we bring what we have, even though it seems to be but a drop in the bucket, we must understand it's not the adequacy of our supplies or our skills that finally makes the difference. But rather, it's the power of Jesus at work transforming little into much and few into many. The feeding of the 5,000 points us to the nature and the character of our good God. That is, when we look around and see too little, God sees differently. When we look around and think to ourselves, I should save what I have, God thinks differently. And when we look around and decide to hold back, God decides differently God wants us to see and think and decide differently, just like God. We are given miracles in this life, one after another after another, so that we might begin to see as God sees. So that when God shows us a child with a bag lunch of bread and fish and 5,000 hungry people, we see how little can be made into much. And when God shows us a small town with far too resources to accommodate 7,000 unexpected guests, we see how the simplest of offerings can make a world of difference. And then this miracle, the greatest of all of them, when God shows us a world in need of forgiveness and mercy and grace, we see how a tiny little baby, born in a manger, reconciled, restored, and redeemed all of creation once and for all. Friends in Christ, may you always rest in the promise of enough And may you trust that whatever you share will be transformed to be more than enough for the sake of others and for the good of the world. In the name of Jesus, amen.